98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. The start and end today's 4 o'clock reset with news from the Arizona Cardinals. Let's start with the news today as they were back on the practice field in what are closed camp practices for the rest of the week. Cliff Kingsbury providing an update on wide receiver Antoine Wesley. Looks like it's going to be another couple of weeks at the minimum for him. One to two weeks, and it's still kind of a touch-and-go type situation once he gets back just to see how he holds up. But Cliff also said that Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown were both both on the practice field today at the same time. Kyler looked sharp. Hollywood looked fast, so that's what we're looking for, and we just got to keep building that rapport. Did some 10 personnel lined up, all four of those wideouts together, and it looked like we could have some fun with that. Yeah, look fast, don't drive fast. Yes, yeah. exactly. They cut five players. The, uh, the the cutdowns are August 16th. you got to go from 90 to 85. Then you get another week to go from 85 to 80. And then by August 30th, you've got to make the big roster cut where you go from 80 to 53. So they did cut five players. The most notable, notable probably the cornerback, Breon Borders. Yeah, Breon Borders. And then um, I thought the other one was Kiki, the, the defensive lineman. Yeah, Kingsley Kiki. Yeah, the was, defensive lineman. Was somewhat notable as well from the early cuts. Lots of news in college football today. Locally, ASU senior defensive end Michael Matus, he's out for the season. An ACL tear. It was a random play at practice. The crazy thing was I played five more plays after it had happened. Um, I didn't know that it was fully torn um, at the time, but um, went and saw Dr. Chabra, uh, Mayo Clinic and stuff like that, and they took phenomenal care of me. Um, went and got my MRI, I think Friday evening, and then... Um, you know, got the news it was fully torn. Second straight year, they've lost a very important Man. player on their defense before they even played a game. Last I year know. was Jermaine Lillet. And he was a leader, too, right? Not just a good football player, but one of the true leaders. So, big loss for ASU. This year is going to be tough as it is, but that is a tremendous loss to have him go down. Miles Brennan, who started at quarterback for LSU early in the 2020 season, missed most of the last two seasons, announced he will no longer play college football. He said in a statement posted on social that he's stepping away from football. He had been competing with former ASU transfer Jaden Daniels and sophomore Garrett Nussmeyer for the starting job. Yeah, so now it's down to those two. So with him leaving the program, it's down to those two. A lot of people feel that Jaden Daniels is going to win that job over Garrett Nussmeyer, but we should find out real soon on who's going to be the quarterback at LSU. The new AP preseason college football poll is out. Alabama is number one. Ohio State is two. Georgia is three, followed by Clemson and Notre Dame. The Pac-12 schools making the top 25. Utah checks in at 7. Oregon at 11. USC is at 14. Also on the list is Oklahoma State at 12. And ASU plays them in week 2 of the season. Yeah, so ASU's got some. I mean, when you think about it, you look at the schedule. ASU has some tough games. They're going to play yeah, they're going to play Utah in week 4. They're going to play Oklahoma State in week 2. And they're going to play USC week 5. Padres manager Bob Melvin reached out to suspended all-star shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. in a phone call on Saturday and said the player feels, quote, remorseful, close quote. Melvin didn't reveal anything else about what he termed a private conversation with Tatis, but he's now serving an 80-game suspension for testing positive for AP. Just had a little ringworm. <laughs> I mean, just had a little ringworm. Yeah, is that what they're calling Clostaball now? Yeah, it's just ringworm. Uh-huh. I just had some ringworm. And, it, like, do these people actually think that, how stupid do they think people are? 
Oh, uh, just dumb. like athletes. Athletes. Do they yeah, just they, think that people are dumb? They, apparently they do. Yeah, well, I mean, does DeAndre Hopkins think we're dumb? Yeah. For, I mean, yeah. I mean does, does, I, does he? Uh, yeah. It's You're suspended. More of the same. Yeah. More of the they same. They got what you. We always just get. come clean. Let's go. From the Dodgers, they announced starting pitcher Walker Bueller will undergo season-ending surgery to repair his elbow. He had been out since June 10th. Dodgers are the field. You and I have I a took pet. the Dodgers, got right? got the Dodgers. I've got the field. Wow. Walker Beulah. Yeah. Season-ending surgery. Yeah. It's a big blow. Diamondbacks back in action tonight. They're taking on the Giants. We'll talk more about the Diamondbacks coming up in a minute, but they've won eight of their last 12 games. Mad bum against his old team tonight from his old ballpark. First pitch is at 645 right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. But our top story of the day, and even though it happened on Friday, Friday. Um, we didn't have a show on Friday, and of course the game was played on Friday night. This is kind of our first chance to get on and talk about preseason game number one. Now granted, most of the starters didn't play, and even the guys that we project to be starters weren't out there very long. And the guys who did, Zavin Collins, Marco Wilson, they didn't look great by any stretch. The guy who popped the most was at a position they need to pop the most, and that's Victor Dimukeje. He, the sixth round pick a year ago out out of Duke, got to the quarterback on Friday no, night. That was a great sign. I mean, it, it, was, it was great that they've got a, a pass rusher, an outside linebacker, who really stepped up and played well. Now listen, we know during training camp you don't want to put a lot of, lot of credence into it. You don't want to put too much stock into it. But you get to these games, and look, the reality is these games have a little bit more uh, cachet with us, right? These games mean a little bit more to us because these you're going against other players. They may not be first-string guys, but they're trying to earn a job. Then you're playing hard, they're playing hard. So to see Demukeji step up, get a couple of sacks, play well. He's a guy that they've talked a lot about in camp. He's a physical player. He's a stocky guy. And he actually went out there and did a really good job. So that was fantastic to see that they had somebody get to the quarterback in that game. Another guy who played well is a guy we've been talking about all camp long, and that's Greg Dortch. He went out there and he looked very, yeah. very good. So did Andy yep. Isabella. Andy he Isabella got a lot of opportunities. Looked, I, yes, he did. Both of those guys. But I was impressed with Isabel, his ability. One of my favorite plays of the game, McSorley looks like he's getting sacked. Two guys on him. He kind of rolls out of the pocket, rolls right. Isabella comes across the field. He hits him down downfield for a nice pass. So Isabella and Dorch played extremely well. As well, Majai Sanders and the offensive line. Got to give credit to the offensive line because they really moved the pile. And when the Cardinals needed to get a yard or two yards, they were able to get it. Will Hernandez played well. He's one of those projected starters who actually got a little bit of playing time on this one. I thought Josh Jones played very, very well because I didn't notice him and I saw his pro football focus grade and I thought okay that kind of is in line because I didn't really notice Josh Jones out there which is exactly what you want out of an offensive lineman. Of course today the news came down from the Cardinals they were back on the field and as we mentioned the starter rotation for the Ravens game on Sunday is going to be in the words of Cliff Kingsbury basically the same as it was on Friday. Kyler's not playing. So Kyler's not playing. Most of the starters are not playing. I really doubt we'll see most of the starters during this preseason season. And we're not even talking about like the older ones or the ones that you really want to protect. Most of the starters didn't play on Friday. And if they follow that same path for Sunday, I don't know how much we're going to see any of the like, starters during more, this preseason. I think more and more coaches are going with that philosophy, man. These games don't matter. They don't mean anything. I just want to get through unscathed. I don't want the injuries. And you saw what happened to Zach Wilson, the Jets
that starting quarterback. He's out right now with an injury. I think more coaches are looking at the preseason and saying, look, it's just not worth it to have guys go out there and play in a game. I agree. When we come back, Diamondbacks, they're so hot right now. We're actually excited about what they can do the rest of the season. We'll explain why next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Me, mine, and fire. Me, soul, and fire. Feeling hot, hot, hot. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. First pitch, Walker. High drive to left. There it goes. Three-run shot, and it's a 4-0 lead. Christian decided to pull the ball this time, and he drilled it. That's not even the highlight of the weekend. That was yesterday's three-run home run by Christian Walker. There's a lot of highlights over the weekend. There were plenty. The one on Saturday night where we weren't sure for a good five seconds or so whether Alec Thomas caught the ball or not. Oh, yeah, he caught it. Here it comes. High drive to center. Thomas back at the track, at the wall. Oh, my goodness, what a catch. He took it back from Crone, and the ball game is over. Chris what a great moment. The call. Yeah, it was yeah. a great moment. And his kids, and I said it. In, in a tweet, this is the best defensive center fielder in baseball. I think he is. I think he's the best defensive center fielder in baseball to the point where, you know, they got so many ki- kids that can play center. Corbin Carroll's the center fielder. He's going to play left field when he gets called up. I think he'll be a September call up. They're getting him acclimated to right field and left field. But McCarthy's playing so well. I love McCarthy. The amount of stolen bases that this team has had, and I think you had the number early. I love the pressure they're putting on teams with the running. But Alec Thomas, you think about Steve Finley, think about Devon White, you think about Chris Young. They've had a lot of good defensive center fielders here in Arizona. I think Alex Tom- Alec Thomas is going to be their best. Yeah, it's 22 steals over the last month. That's tied for first in Major League Baseball. Rojas has 15. Jake McCarthy already has nine. If you look at the at-bats, McCarthy would be on pace over a full season. I think it's for like 45 or 50 stolen bases, and, and it, it would blow away the top of the leaderboard right now. That's a tough pace to keep up. But it's been, look, it's there's a whole lot of good stuff going on with the Diamondbacks right now. Obviously, it's rooted in these young players, some of whom are here, some of whom are coming. You've been saying for the last week or so you're expecting Corbin Carroll at the beginning of September. And, and you add it all up, and it's a team that if they can end this season playing roughly this pace of baseball, they're going to finish the season with 74, 75, 76 wins. Now, I know that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but when you consider they won 52 last year. And expectations for them this year were to be about the same, maybe a little bit better. I mean, to, to, to be within a breath or two of 500 at the end of the season really speaks to these kids, their direction, where it's going. It's still going to take a while, but it's come along a lot faster than I think some people were expecting. But I think more importantly is just, man, the future. And, and what they've been able to do this year is set themselves up. I think they're pretty situated at first base now for the next couple years with Christian Walker because of that power because he, he's got one less home run than Paul Goldschmidt this year okay and I don't want to talk about batting average but one less home run he seems pretty situated there look this Rivera kid that they got in the trade for Luke Weaver who by the way still can't get anybody out he's got four home runs yeah hit two the other day I'm not saying he's the answer at third but it's a lot better than where they started the season their outfield is good they got four fantastic outfielders especially defensively Thomas Varsho McCarthy and eventually Corbin Carroll. So, you know, Carson Kelly has played better since he's been back. I just think that they've set up. Now, let's talk about pitching, right? Zach Allen has been almost unhittable his last five starts. Mm -hmm. Merrill Kelly's a stud. Tommy Henry. 
Tommy Henry comes he's been in. Good. He's been really good. good. So it's a nice, solid left-handed pitcher. Got a lot of ground ball outs, you know, in that in that outing. So I I think it sets up really well for them. Look, I don't think they're a playoff team next year, but I think the year after that they probably could be. But I think next year sets up really well for them to be competitive and have a chance. Yeah, and, and understand that when we're talking about this excitement about the Diamondbacks, this is not a this is not a overnight thing. This is not going to happen tomorrow. This is not going to happen this season. I agree with you. I don't even think it's going to happen next season. And I understand there are going to be people who are going to want it to happen faster than that. But truly, and we, I believe this, and I think you believe this too, for this team to truly compete in a division where you're going up against the L.A. Dodgers and their millions and the San Diego Padres and their millions, you've got to be the Tampa Bay Rays. How do you become the Tampa Bay Rays? You have a great farm system that produces talent every single year, and you get to pick and choose which ones you want to pay to keep around and which ones you cast off, which ones you move on from. That's how the Rays do it every single year. That's how the Diamondbacks need to do it. This, what we're seeing now and what we hopefully see next year is kind of the beginning of that, right? Like the, okay, here come the kids, Alec Thomas, and here comes Corbin Carroll. Here comes McCarthy, Henry. Here comes McCarthy. And yet at the core of it are guys who are already here. Zach Gallen, Zach Gallen turning his season around, Zach Gallen turning his career around is maybe the best thing that could have come out of this entire season for the Diamondbacks. He is pitching like an ace. Yeah. He is, and he's only 27 years old. Could be a Cy Young candidate Potentially. next year. I mean, I know we get excited and about Kelly that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, but I mean, Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly to me, because of his age... I don't get as excited about because Zach Gallon has a chance, I think, to really be a part of the next great just, Diamondbacks team. He just turned 27. Yeah. He just Where, turned. Whereas Merrill Kelly, I think, is going to be more of a bridge guy to get them to the next great Diamondbacks team because he's already, what, 33 Four? years 34, old? 34 years old. So 33 or 34. So, so uh, Zach, there's nothing against Merrill Kelly. I think Zach Gallon, man, Brent Strong's doing a number. He's been 33. A, He'll 33. be 34 in October. Okay. So by the time the Diamondbacks are great again, he's. 35, almost 36, whereas Zach Allen is still entering the prime of his career. There's a lot to like, and I can't wait. Look, if Alec Thomas is this good and Corbin Carroll is supposed to be better, at least at the dish, I can't wait to see Corbin Carroll. Can't wait yeah. to see Corbin Carroll Just up here. To, again, and I, don't, and I don't know what it means yet. It's small sample size. Eight games, 28 at-bats. Emmanuel Rivera batting three fifty seven with four home runs, six RBIs. I mean, that was... Look, I'm going to be a little more cautious about I that though, than you are. I'm going to be Duke, a lot more cautious. Duke Weaver still can't get anybody out in Kansas City. Okay, it doesn't matter. Like he, I mean, at least you get... Even if this guy ends up being a role player instead of your starting everyday third baseman, man, it's nice to have a right-handed bat with a little bit of pop right there. They needed it. I mean, it's... A, it's you, you know, you're, you're getting rid of a player you had no use for. You're bringing in a player who's 26 years old, 26 years old, and seem, appears to have some talent. Would we already consider this season a success, or do we have to wait to see how it ends before we term it a success? No, I, I, I that's our poll question today. By the way, on the Twitter I don't page. think it's I don't think you judge success by the wins and losses as much as you do. Have they set themselves up 
to to have uh, to have a talented team that people are going to want to watch that could be competitive, and they they are they're very competitive. They're very competitive. They haven't turned the corner in wins yet, but they have been, become a much more competitive team. And at least you see what the future is. There's been plenty of Diamondback years where you didn't see what the future was. They were still running back out there with David Peralta and and guys like that. Now you could actually see what the future is going to be well, like because that young talent is winning. I do think it goes hand in hand a little bit with the win loss record. I do. I mean, if the young talent was here and they weren't winning baseball games, I think it would be kind of empty calories. You know, it'd be like getting full on a Twinkie. It's it's whereas when you're winning baseball games to go along with how the young talent is playing, it shows you that they're capable of winning. But the bimba the baby backs, of course, like they won some games with those guys, but that wasn't really sustainable because they weren't great prospects. Nothing against those guys, but a lot of those guys were not great prospects. They didn't win a ton of games with those guys. Robbie Hammocks. Matt Tata, just go through the baby backs. I, I, like, I know they didn't, but they didn't win a ton of games with those. No, guys. but people got excited because they were young. They were bringing the young. But this is so much different. But These guys are all bona fide major league players because they've won eight of their last twelve. You know, because they're only eight games under five. I, I think the winning does in part go hand in hand with it. It's it's got. I mean, I don't expect them to win every single game, every single series, but it helps to feed the excitement about these young guys because you see that they're capable of winning at a level like this. Yeah. Yeah, they are home the first week of September. If Corbin Carroll gets called up, I think it's Milwaukee September 1st. I want to be at that game. I want to see that kid play his major league game. Kevin Kevin Durant spoke out today, and he wanted to set the record straight about what will and will not happen. You'll hear what he had to say next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports. Kevin Durant. Watch. The latest on KD to the Suns with Burns and Gambo. I'll tell you what Kevin Durant had to say, not about coming to play for the Suns, but on the topic of not playing for anybody at all next year via his Twitter account. We'll tell you what he had to say in a minute, but let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day. We were just talking Diamondbacks baseball. Let's get an update on our poll question with Eric here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Diamondbacks on pace for about 75 wins or so this season. I just ran the numbers a little bit ago. They are uh, surprising people with how well they're playing. The young talent has been very, very good. What's the question that we're asking the folks today about the D-backs? You play the Giants later tonight, by the way. First of all, very impressed by your mathematician skills on the side. I mean, what can't you do? It's easy ratioing. It's not that tough to figure out. All right. well, I think everybody's heard it at this point, but the Diamondbacks surpassed last season's win total with 48 games remaining in this one. So it's a simple question. Do you consider this season so far a success yes or no yes Uh, but there's like a whole lot of reasons why it's not just a simple like yes or no to me but yes for various reasons i consider it a success zach gallon who bernsey talked about his becoming an ace um alec thomas established now as the center fielder dalton varsho is the right fielder peralta out and mccarthy get an opportunity this team is younger they run more there's still things there's still a lot of areas to address bullpen included but 
there's a lot of reasons to say yes to that, that, that question. If the season ended today right now, I would consider the season to be a success. I mean, obviously, I kind of want to see how the last month and a half plays out. But if the season ended right now, I would say it would be a successful season. So I would vote for yes. What's our audience say on this one? 75.7% agree with you guys. They say yes. They consider this season a success. 24.3% say no. But I have a fill-in-the-blank question for you guys. This is the most excited you've been about Diamondbacks baseball since blank. The year Archie Bradley had him in the playoffs. Yeah, I was going to probably say since since the triple, right? Since the wild card game. Wild since card the, game. The wild card game at Chase Field where I've covered just about every single big game in that building and I've very rarely heard it as loud as it was that night. It's probably, but I'm not as excited now as I was then. This is just the most excited right. about the team that I've been since then. I was way more excited about the team in that moment than I am right now. But future's bright. Future's very, very bright. Those are a poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo on social media is where you can find it. Kevin Durant felt compelled to get on the old Twitter machine today, and he wrote, quote, I know most people will believe unnamed sources over me, but if it's anyone out there that'll listen, I don't plan on retiring anytime soon. This bleep is getting comical at this point. Close quote. The reason he felt compelled to do that, there was a report from Mark Stein, who used to be with ESPN, used to be with the New York Times. Now he has kind of an independent newsletter that he sends out. Mark Stein was never suggesting that Kevin Durant was retiring, but he was presenting a quote from an unnamed executive who had said, man, I've heard that Kevin Durant's going to retire before he shows up to the Nets this year. Where did you hear that from? I don't want, he said an unnamed NBA executive. Do you doubt Mark Stein? No, no, I just like, who did that guy hear it from? That's what I'd like to know. You know what, honestly, that guy could have had an agenda. That guy could have had an agenda for putting that misinformation out there because maybe yeah. he's a rival Eastern Conference you team who wanted to get it out there that Kevin Durant was thinking about. He could have been total BS from that guy. I think that guy's going to walk away from $200 million. Like that executive was, I've heard he could retire. Like from who? I got it. Like from he could have been making it up. He could have been he making could have it up. Been making it up just to try to throw the nets for a loop, just to try to make it messier than it is. But Stein reported it. He and even Stein in his report said, "Like I don't think he's retiring. I don't think he's walking away. But I'm not sure he's going to show up when training camp starts." Now Stein did say that. I'm not sure he's going to show up when camp starts. So all of this got Kevin Durant feeling like he had to get on Twitter and tell everybody, "I'm not retiring. I'm not walking away from the game." But it does lead to the question about whether Durant will be there when camp opens in about six weeks. Yeah, listen, for $200 million, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. (laughs) All right? That's a lot of money. The Brooklyn Nets, for $200 million, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. I I don't know whether he's going to show up for for camp or not, but I don't think the Nets can take a lesser trade just to get out from under it. I have a hard time believing that he can play for them again, but I also have a hard time to believe that the Nets could be like, just let's just get him out of our hair, trade him for whatever we can get. Yeah, and that's something that Stein suggested, is that that might be why he would not go to camp, is is to just force the Nets into taking a lesser deal. Stein had a lot of interesting kind of takes in his newsletter, and, and I, I read it today, and there, there were a couple of things that stood out to me. And, and number one, Stein kind of made the point that it's really dispiriting to watch one of the 10 or 12 most gifted players we've ever seen do this to himself. 
You know, like like handle his business this way. Kevin Durant is one of the greatest players that we've ever seen in terms of his ability. He's he's Stein says he's Dirk Nowitzki with elite athleticism, and and the way he's handling this portion of his career has been disappointing because he runs the risk of being remembered for this. Hey, what do you think about when you think about Kevin Durant? Man, he was a pain in the rear. Everywhere he went, he wanted to go somewhere else. And every time you thought he'd be happy, he just wanted to leave. And every time you thought he was in a good spot, he just wanted to go to a better spot. But like, like if that is that going to be his legacy? Is that how we're going to remember Kevin good, Durant? It's a good question. But some people just care about their happiness, not about what other people think of them and what their legacy is. Yeah, he goes down as one of the greatest players. He'll be a Hall of Famer. None of that will be taken away from him. But he may have. Listen, there, there are certain guys that kind of had like Randy Johnson. I mean, how many times did Randy Johnson force his way out of places? Um, he forced his way out of here, right? He did the Yankees, here and then once, just the the one time I think Seattle traded him. Then he went to what Houston? Yeah, I just, I remember just the one. Look, Durant's made like he, he's he's on another level than Randy Johnson. He's not quite on the James Harden level. But, a lot of good players forced their way out. Yeah, but not as okay. Not not as not like this. Not. I just signed a four-year, $200 million contract. Get me out of here. What are you okay, just that, signed? I got, no, I, got, I, got nothing, I got nothing on that. You're right. You're right. You just signed a deal. Why do you want out? Yeah. You just signed a four-year, $200 million deal. Now you want to get traded? Three months ago, you praised the coach and said right. it wasn't his fault. Now you're pushing him under a bus. Now you want him to be fired. Yeah. I mean, what, what's going on Doing here? it like that has been to the point where Stein has even suggested that maybe the reason why the Nets aren't getting great offers for Kevin Durant is because these teams are worried about whether they can deal with Kevin Durant, whether they can handle like like I don't want to give up a whole bunch of stuff and just have him do this to me a year from now. I'm not going to give you a whole bunch of great assets only to have him I would pull worry, this crap with me a year from now. I would worry about that if I was a team like New Orleans. Do you worry about that if you're the Suns? You've got Paul, you've got Book, you've got Da signed. Like, do you, would you? You got Monty as your coach. Would you worry about that? If Depends you on how much you give up to get him. Do you? Did you just give up Mikel and Cam and every draft pick you own for the next decade? Probably. I would want to make sure that that Kevin Durant's not going to pull this crap with me. Yeah. I'd be a little worried about that. I'd be like, huh? if I give up all that stuff and a year from now he just demands a trade from me too, you know, he, 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 he threatens not to show up and I've given up the runner-up defensive player of the year and one of the sixth man of the year and every draft pick I've got from here until kingdom and come, it, you kind of want to know he's going to stick for the long term and be here for the whole four and years. it kind of sounds crazy to think that he could actually go back and do that again in a year somewhere. But that's man, look what he just did now. That's, and see, that's unfortunately what he's doing to his reputation. Right, because I would think Normally, like, man, it, come on, he gets traded. There's no way he's going to get traded here and then ask out in a year. But he just signed a four year, $200 million deal and asked out. Yep. He might. So you just don't know. You and don't that, know him. That might be what's putting a drag on his market. It was also not announced, but reported upon over the weekend that the Suns are going to play on Christmas Day yet again, second straight year. Yeah, this Denver time they'll nuggets. be on the road in Denver taking on the Nuggets. Last year they were home. Cardinals are on Christmas Day too, so it's going to be another busy day, but the Cards are home. The Suns are on the road. Mark Stein also. Also reported, I believe the schedule release is on Wednesday. 
in the NBA. Okay. So we'll have the full, so we'll know full how many this Wednesday. primetime games, nationally televised Good. games, all of that stuff for the Good. Suns, I believe he said on Wednesday. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, all week long we are raising money for this gem in our community, the Phoenix Children's Hospital. We want you to become a champion of hope today for PCH, and we want you to hear Amanda's story, and you will next on Burns and Gambo. The Giveathon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station in the Arizona Sports app. Giveathon on the Burns and Gambo Show. There's also a link to donate on our Twitter account at Burns and Gambo is where you can find that on social media, one word, and there's a link to donate there. And, of course, you can call the Desert Financial Phone Bank and make a donation, 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567, the Giveathon for Phoenix Children's. It's presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian community. And once again, Gambo, we've been called upon to help raise money, raise awareness, tell stories of this incredible resource we have here in the Valley. Chances are really, really good that if you haven't used Phoenix Children's Hospital, you know of somebody who has used it. And even if you haven't, understand that they have taken in a patient from all 50 states of the Union and even eight different international countries who have sent kids to Phoenix Children's Hospital. That's how valuable a resource they yeah, are. Yeah, listen, every year it's it's important to give back to your own community and PCH is in our community and we take a lot of pride in giving back uh, to a lot of great uh, you know causes and this is a great cause because every day there are kids out there that are facing life-threatening illnesses, injuries. They come to PCH. We're talking about cancer, heart defects, traumatic brain injuries that these children have. And PCH does ne- you know, never wants to turn any children away. They don't. But they need the support of the community to keep running because to hire the best and to be the best, it, it costs money. So they need the support of donors like, like us to help the hospital out. Yeah, they do. And it, that's why we're asking everybody to get involved. And that's why we are also very, very happy that many of our partners in all of this have gotten involved as well. And right now, we want to present to you a check presentation from the Arizona Kids Experience. All right, we are talking now with Pierre Demers, the founder of AZ Kids Experience, and Gaetan Gabor, who works in marketing for AZ Kids Experience. Thank you both so much for joining us. Oh, we appreciate so being here. Now, I know that uh, AZ Kids Experience is a couple years into giving with the Phoenix Children's Giveathon, but Pierre, just over the last several years with the different companies that you have. You've been involved with the Giveathon for quite some time now. Correct. I've been doing it for six years going on seven. Okay. Sorry. We so appreciate that. And I know you have a personal connection to Phoenix Children's Hospital. Would you mind sharing? I do. Uh, my niece uh, had a stroke in the womb and uh, she was basically born without a brain stem. The doctors gave her approximately three weeks to live and she actually lived till nine and a half years old. Uh, but basically her second home was Phoenix Children's. So that's pretty much what got me into it. 
Um, we started off by attending UTV events. I was by myself doing it, and I had other people ask me, you know, what my connection was. And we started talking about getting together and forming a nonprofit, and that's how AZ Kids came about. So I, I don't, I don't personally have a connection, so I don't have like a beautiful story to share. No, that's okay. But you understand the work that Phoenix Children's Hospital does, right? So I'm, I'm sure that you, you know, you've seen the impact up close and personal. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I, I live right next to Phoenix Children's Hospital, so um, always reminded of all the great work that they do. And yeah, and a world class hospital right in our backyard. Mm-hmm. And I know you have a check to present. Would you mind sharing the amount that you'll be presenting? We do. Uh, this year we have a check for forty five thousand to present, and we're wow. hoping that next year or this year actually uh, the event that we have coming up in October will present even more. I mean, each year we want to try to bring out more and more money for Phoenix Children's. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your commitment to Phoenix Children's Hospital uh, this year and every year. Oh, we're, we love doing it. Big number. Wow. $45,000. Big number. Great. Yeah. I mean, people, you know, you know you're know, you impacted, right? I mean, as a family member impacted, um, I think it was a stroke in utero uh, that, you know, for his niece. And you just, you know, in some ways, a lot of people, like you said, have been touched by PCH. If it's not you and your family, it's very likely somebody you know has had a child that has had to be treated at PCH. Yeah, absolutely. And it's stories like that. If, if you want to know the why you should donate to Phoenix Children's Hospital, it's stories like that that provide the why. And for our latest story, we want to present you the story of Amanda. It's time for another story of hope and is presented by Matinee Holmes. Armando's little daughter does not remember anything about the day that she was hit by a car, but it's a day that Armando will never forget. This is Amanda's story. I'm Armando. My name is Amanda, and this is my story. Well, I'm hit by a car. She had a fractured pelvis in four places, laceration on her liver, very serious brain injury. She had a tracheostomy. I don't even remember that day. I just saw black. Even though everybody was telling us she was not going to make it, she's here breathing by her own, walking, talking. I had to get better. I had to try. Mandy, she's a warrior. Honestly, believe in miracles. That day when my daughter was hit by the car, a retired nurse was driving by. She stopped, she started performing CPR while the paramedics got there. I almost, I think I was going to break his back because I hugged him as hard as I could and I thank him. God works in mysterious ways. I struggled for my physical therapy. Seeing her in pain, crying, the therapist would ask her, you want to stop? And every single time she will answer, no. By that time, I will break my heart seeing her in pain. But also, she was giving me a lesson of being a fighter. 
the doctors are amazed with her progress. She's doing very good, getting stronger day by day. I want to be either an author, director, vet, like a musician. My dream for Mandy is recover 100% and to be independent. She needs to work hard. We'll be by her side. Phoenix Children's Hospital, the doctors, nurses, therapists. I was so grateful for them. They treat us like a family. Imagine if your kid was in that position. It's very important to help PCH. You can make a difference. I saw it with my daughter. Donate, please. Treat us like family. Make a difference. Yeah. You can make a difference. I saw it with my daughter. Run over by a car. Like, you know, it's didn't think she was going to make it. And, you know, you see the donations. You see what the hospital can do. And uh, a lot of people think it's miracles. Uh, and not everybody makes it. But, uh, you know, you heard the father there. Like, you, you you, have the ability to make a difference. Everybody that's a, that's a part of this community has the ability to make a difference in, in a child's life. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to present a match to you right now. Let's this do it. This match is coming to you from Angry Crab Shack. Oh, I love that place. Oh, I do. Good place, that to place eat. is really, really good. Right now, every donation you make by calling the Desert Financial Phone Bank at 602-933-4567. That's 602-933-4567. Every donation you make right now will be matched. And especially what we're encouraging you to do, understanding it's a tough time right now with the economy and inflation and all of that. Become a champion of hope. $20 a month. Can you do $20 a month? Because if you can, it's going to get matched by Angry Crab Shack and a teddy bear will be delivered to a patient in your name right now. And I'll tell you, we've been there, right? Bringing up a teddy bear and hey, you know, uh, Joe and Avondale and, and we, we give the teddy bear and it's got your name and a t- teddy bear going to a child and you're the one. You made that happen. You made a, 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 a child in that hospital realize the smile on their face. They grab those bears. They hug them. You have the ability to give a, a child in that hospital a bear right now. Kyla in Phoenix. Randall in Surprise. Eleanor in Mesa. Linda in Scottsdale. Jose in Phoenix. Gary and Gilbert. I could go on and on because our audience is tremendous and they've done it. Become a champion of hope right now by calling 602 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. Because what we want to do in the next couple of minutes is we want to fire up the Train Teddy Bear Express. And we want to say that you called up and became a champion of hope so we could put a teddy bear from you on that Train Teddy Bear Express and take it upstairs. Gambo is right. We we wish we could be there at the hospital because the best part is going upstairs with the Train Teddy Bear Express and handing that teddy bear off. It's the best part. And you don't realize the impact you have. I mean, not only does your donation go to help these children, but the teddy bear. Man, for a lot of these kids, it makes their day to have that teddy bear. They sleep with that bear. They hug it. It's amazing. Call the Desert Financial
Central Phone Bank right now, 602-933-4567. That's 602-933-4567. And again, in the middle of the match right now from Angry Crab Shack. Now, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we've got a little breaking news out of the NBA. Breaking news as it relates to the Phoenix Suns and how their season is going to begin. We'll catch you up on the latest next on the Burns and Gambo show.